You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Coming up on this episode of the Kingdom Bringer Podcast. While in ministry school, it was actually mandatory to go out uh, to do street evangelism every Friday night. And I hated it. You know, I loved Jesus. I loved the Lord. But I was super shy, super, very timid. And here we were just out on the streets and we're discouraged because we weren't talking to anyone. And it was like the Lord was ordering our steps the whole time, but we couldn't recognize it. And really it's the anointing that destroys the yoke and removes the burden. It's the presence of Holy Spirit that really makes a difference in all of our evangelistic efforts. Hey, mi amigo. Hey, uh, that's, that's all I know, bro. <laughs> that's all I know. <laughs> you say Jordan's at work? Yes, she's at work today. So You guys aren't moved yet, are you? No, not yet. But we're packing. You are packing. You've been packing for a little while, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, we've been on the road a lot. Yeah. And so when we're home... We just try to do all the packing that way. We don't have to do it all at once whenever uh, we get ready to move. But we have like a week and a half left before we transition yeah. out of uh, Charlotte to Nashville. And yeah, so we got a bunch of boxes here. You look excited about that. Yeah. When, when you're saying it, you were smiling. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I really am. I'm excited. And uh, the season here has been great, of course, you know. And uh, we're leaving with a blessing and everything, but we're just looking forward to the next season. And we kind of look at it like we're not, you know, closing any doors here and right. we're not shutting down any relationships or anything. We're just, you know, beginning a new chapter in Nashville. And, um, you know, that Jordan and I lived there, yeah. uh, before, you know, and so we met, we met in the Nashville area. And so returning there is going to be really good. So that's awesome. You guys went to yeah. the Sind, right? You got yeah. you got to spend some time down there. Yeah, we did. We did. We um, we were ministering in Miami, and uh, also had a wedding in West Palm Beach, and so we were thinking, you know, we we can't miss out on uh, such an awesome opportunity to go. So we decided to drive over to Orlando uh, on Saturday, and we got there late, you know, but it was really powerful. Still, we you know, stood in the sun. And I mean, it was just great because, uh, there were so many believers who were just really full force going after, uh, the kingdom. Like it, it almost seemed like there weren't, I was expecting maybe there to be a lot of spectators, yes. but it seemed like the spirit of unity was so heavy there. Like everyone was really charging and going for it. And so I was really stirred and encouraged to see that. Dude, and, I, uh, I really felt like there was a, uh, that presence was really imparted too, because I, yes, I was in Dodge City and I'm home alone. I, I don't know if you knew my wife is at Bethel right now. Did you know that? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's she's in California. Kind of a bucket list for her. She got to go experience a prophetic conference down there for a, about a week, and so I've been here with the girls by myself. That doesn't happen very often. I'm actually <laughs> really honored to be able to do it. I think it's fun, and yeah, 
So me and my two girls were, we literally watched that thing for 10 hours, man. Wow. And I kept giving them the option, hey, let's go play a game. Let's go do something. And my youngest, Ashton, was, she's like, no, I want to watch this. And she was tuned yeah. in. And yeah. there was there was a moment when when Benny Hinn came up. Mm. Very, very, I could kind of sense it from the, from the feed that it was a very presence-based moment. Yeah. And it came through, bro. Like my, my, my youngest and I participated in that moment and stood up together wow. and held hands. And I was just overcome, man. It was, I mean, it was something that imparted mm. through a television screen, man. And I felt like there was a real yeah. sense of, um, just corporate global unity, yeah. you know? Yeah. It was yeah, cool. the glory the glory was off the charts there whenever especially whenever Benny got up and began yeah. to you know do what Benny does yeah. and uh so there was definitely an atmosphere for miracles and it was really powerful you know and I mean right before that I know Jeremy Riddle got up and he began to yes. worship and uh if I could pick and this is this is just me just talking to you like a friend if I could pick any uh Dude, I know what that, you're going to say. That's the worship I, leader. Yes, yes. It would be Jeremy Riddle because I love how he leads, you know, in the presence. Yeah. He's he's a worship leader. Like he's very skillful and he's great in a, in a talented sense, yes. but he's more than talented. He really stewards the presence well. He gets it. And yeah. so he began yeah. to, um, it began to sprinkle a little bit, right? Yeah. And so he began to sing, you know, let it rain. Yes. But it felt like there was such an authority on that, like literally the natural floodgates opened where it wow. just started pouring rain. Wow. And uh, so it went from like a sprinkle to like a pour in seconds as soon as he began to open his mouth. And so and then there were all these other leaders that began to get up. And so God was just showering the people. Many were getting healed. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't even know all the testimonies, but there were thousands who were getting touched by God. And so. That's a really powerful time. We were blessed to get to go. Now I feel the same way about Jeremy. I, in fact, I call him J Rids. That's kind of my thing. I <laughs> never met him. Yeah. Don't think he knows that I exist, but I'm a, <laughs> I'm a huge uh, believer in what he does for sure. Him and Stephanie together are kind of a power squad too. So sure, that was fun yeah. to watch. I saw on social media that you ran into our resident evangelist Scott Tilly while you were down there at the sin. Oh yes, yes I did. Yeah. That's good. Yep. We ran into Scott. That That's was awesome. really good to see him. Yes. I know so. he was he was blessed, man. I know they they uh I don't know if you've talked to him since you saw him, but they they got stuck at the airport there for about 12 hours trying to trying to get back and uh yeah. He ran into Cindy Jacobs and yeah. a couple other friends of ours and so he was the Lord blessed him in that moment for sure, but I think that was yeah. a that was a breaker moment for him. I think heading down yeah. there and getting to experience that with you guys, so that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, one hundred percent. And we're gonna be bringing you back. We're gonna be bringing you back around, bro. And uh, the first part of May. Yes, uh, I'm excited about that. What um, I want to give you a quick moment before we get into the meat of this thing. What what can people expect from? Um, Alex and Jordan, like a, a, uh, a meeting with you guys, what can they expect? Wow. Well, you know, the presence of God is always our top priority, you know? Um, and I learned that from, you know, one of my, uh, fathers in the faith, Jeff Jansen, he'd always say, you know, if we miss the presence, we miss everything. And so 
I always make a point to invite the presence, and I'm I'm not just talking about the universal omnipresence of God. God is with us always, yes. right? But there's a manifest presence of the Lord, and uh, we always ask that that presence comes, and uh, you know that God has His way that way, and uh, you know we we don't like to just talk about the things of the kingdom. The kingdom of God isn't in talk, but is in you know, power and demonstration. And not every meeting is a miracle meeting. However, we feel like one of the callings that we have is to uh, be people who pioneer and demonstrate um, the miraculous. Uh, we love, you know, seeing God touch people with physical infirmities and sicknesses. And uh, that's that's a big part of my own um, personal testimony and calling as someone who was born you know, visually impaired myself, you know, uh, I write, I write a lot about this actually in my book, how I was really led into a, a lifestyle of compassion for other people who were sick. And so, uh, that's kind of a signature thing in all of our meetings. We, we pray for the sick. We love to see people restored spirit, soul, and body. And so, uh, deliverance has been happening, but really I'll say this, Darren, that, um, lately, in our meetings, there have been an outbreak of signs and wonders, and uh, this is something that we've really been trying to steward and honor because we we believe, you know, that God wants to crown people with His glory. And when the glory of God comes, there are signs that happen in a in an atmosphere of glory that you know make people wonder. You know, sometimes they're they can seem bizarre, they can seem strange to some people. They're used to these manifestations and it's, it's becoming more of a common grace. But just in Miami, for example, uh, we had one night and, uh, I felt like God was asking me to preach and declare, um, Acts 219 because it was February 19th, 219. And Acts 219 says that, uh, God will show wonders in the heavens and signs on earth below. And so I began to just simply talk about different times in my life where I've witnessed signs and wonders and miracles. And, uh, I began to share testimonies. And as I was sharing testimonies and as I was releasing the word, understanding that what we preach on is what we get. Oftentimes people begin to get gold and oil all over their hands. People wow. begin to, uh, become instantly healed in the presence. And it's because we've been trying to honor that realm. And, you know, it's all by grace, you know, it's all by grace. And we just simply, partner with the Lord and, and expect him to come whenever we talk about heaven and we talk about the reality of, um, you know, signs, wonders, miracles, talk about restoration and, you know, the, the destiny of individuals and nations. So those are the type of things you can come expecting an encounter from the Lord, basically in a nutshell, we really, uh, try to foster and steward an atmosphere where, um, people can receive visitation and encounter from Jesus. Uh, not from a man, you know, not from J what Jordan and I necessarily carry, but uh, we want a place where people can encounter the cloud of God's presence. That's Amen. Good. So Amen. that's good. Sorry, that was a bit of a mouthful. But that's good. No, that's what I was. That's what I was hoping for, bro. So we're looking <laughs> forward to that. It's going to be like the first, the first weekend in May in Dodge City. I think you're going to be at uh, the Gathering Revival Center in Winfield the weekend before that, I believe. And yes, I yes. wanted to. You, you hit on something I wanted to ask you about, too, or have you kind of share a little bit uh, your re your book that recently came out. Um, yeah. Can you this is a kind of a, a brief moment when you can kind of 
sp- sure. sp- spit that out for us a little bit. Share with us about what this book's yeah. all about. Yeah, so this is my my first book. It's called Partakers of the Divine, and uh, it was released on January 31st, so it's still pretty new. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited about this. It's um, something that I've been holding in my heart for a long time, but uh, I had sitting on the shelf, so to speak. I was a discouraged writer. I was one of those uh, people who fell into the 95 percentile of writers who had written a book but never published it. Wow. Yeah. And um, so, but... I actually had this uh, experience in 2018 where I had a dream and uh, I'll just, I'll I'll just say, you know what happened. But in this dream, Patricia King uh, came to me and she laid hands on me and prayed that I would have an anointing for prophetic writing. Wow! And so I came out of this dream and I felt like I received an impartation and things had shifted and maybe about, um, a few weeks to a month after that, a, a prophet friend of mine actually prophesied over me and said that there's a book that you have inside of you. You've been holding on to it and it's time you write it and release it. And he was just speaking to me about the favor and the, you know, opportunity that would come following that. And so I just sat down and it was like a new grace was on me to, you know, push out some of the revelation that I'd been holding in my heart for a long time. And, uh, some people would listen to this and they're like, what, what the heck is a partaker of the divine? Right. And it comes from Second uh, Peter chapter 1, where it said that God causes us to become partakers of the divine nature. And the whole premise, the whole revelation of the book is that we've received a new nature. There's a new and living way that we've been brought into. We're a new creation, men and women of God, and uh, which means that the old nature has passed away. It's been crucified with Christ. And now it's our job to reckon ourselves dead and come alive into the new man and to live into all the the fullness of who Christ is inside of us. And so this is somewhat of an experiential guide into the supernatural. I love I love talking about some of the intricacies and helping people get unstuck in things like intimacy, identity, destiny. And uh, I really go into a lot of other topics as well, you know, but all of it's kind of in this nutshell of. What does it actually mean to be a partaker of God's divine nature? What does it really mean to be a new creation reality? And uh, I give a lot of keys on how to activate it and live it out. So it's kind of my passion. Some of the stuff I've been preaching and teaching on for you know years now, uh, finally just given the grace to put it on paper and compile it all into you know I love documented. The, I love book. that verse, bro, because it's like. I just really felt yeah. like I think so so often we think there's this grand invitation, but that yeah. verse is actually like God causes that. Yeah. Yes. So he like Amen. As you have yeah. relationship with him, as you're as you're hanging on to that vine, there's actually like a it just happens. Yeah. Like he causes you to be pushed into that that divine nature. I think yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. There there's a there's a verse actually, um I can't remember, I think it's in Isaiah, but it says he causes us to drink from the river of life. And wow. so God, God sets the table. God, you know, extends his hand with the cup, you know, and he, and Jesus himself, you know, when he was walking on the earth, he told his disciples, eat of my body, drink of my blood, yeah. you know? And so he, he essentially said, partake of me. Yes. And that's what this is. It's communion with the Lord. It's really all about simple relationship and fellowship with Jesus you know, that's, that's really the simplistic way of 
uh, what it means to be a partaker of the divine. It means that you no longer partake of the things of this world, but you're now brought into another world in Christ and you partake of who he is. So, good. so that's so good. Yeah. So I'm excited to release it into the world and we're really blessed. We, we've already sent it out to Australia and Canada, and, wow. you know, a few other countries and stuff. And so where's the best place for people to go to get a hold of a copy of that? Uh, it's on Amazon right awesome. now, so you can search it on Amazon, but uh, the quick link to get there, if uh, you don't want to search on Amazon, it's just partakersbook.com. Awesome. Okay. And so that'll take you straight to the Amazon page to grab it, and it's available on Kindle as well. So I'm assuming there's a link on your page as well, the Mirror, Im Mirror Image Ministries? Yeah. Yep. Cool. You can go to our okay. website, and it's right there. And so, okay. Awesome. Yeah. I want to transition real quick, man. I've I've said for... From the moment that I met you, I've I've really believed that you are like the full package. I feel like mm. there's a there's a lot of ministers that kind of follow a path or follow a certain stream or whatever. I just really feel like you carry so much of the full package as far as evangelism and and the prophetic that mm. you you steward that well in your life. And I think it's really really amazing to to watch you as such a young man how old are you 29 26 26 years old yeah <laughs> and i feel like you carry you carry a heavy uh anointing over your life bro for mm. this full package thing and i think the lord's going to use you in a lot of different areas and you're going to do it well but mm -hmm. one of the things that i'm always so interested in with you is is the street evangelism um Jamie and I had the privilege of being a part of your guys' uh, school you and Jordan put on um, on Facebook, and we got to partake in a, a couple of those days. We, we couldn't do the whole yeah. thing, but learned a lot, and I feel like that's a strong suit for you. I don't know how you feel about that, but I feel like you have a you just have a way, man, of, of hitting the streets and reaching people for the kingdom. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that today as far as releasing the kingdom on the yeah. streets. Um, sure. I had the privilege of, of hanging out with you a little bit in Ole in New York uh, yeah. over the summer. We got to do a few things. We had a cool testimony from, from that, yeah. from that meeting, yeah. but um, you have a unique, you have a, a unique way of reaching people. And I, I want to give you an opportunity to kind of share your heart about street evangelism and, and what that, what that means for you. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it would be good to tell that testimony in a second too. Yeah, for of, sure. Uh, our time in Olean. Uh, well, so I'll kind of do a then and now yeah, with man. street evangelism because, uh, you know, I, I've been a believer for maybe, uh, 11 years now. I got saved really young out of our, an organic movement that was taking place in a skate park. And so I wasn't saved in a church. I was saved in a skate park ministry with um, some leaders who, you know, were just a little bit older than me. You know, I was I was a young person, maybe a freshman in high school, and all of the leaders were like seniors. And then there were some elders, you know, who were kind of overseeing it and fathering and mothering the thing. And uh, it was really crazy because I, I just was brought into this raw sense of revival. And so I'd known God from a young age. And uh, I had desires to know him. But when I was 19, it's when I really got touched by God in a powerful way. I had a, I'd received a really powerful encounter where I knew I was called the ministry. 
beforehand, I was, you know, loving the Lord believer, you know, but I had other pursuits, um, which I want to say, if you're a, if you're a believer, not every believer is called to like full-time ministry per se. It's okay if you have other passions and it's okay if you want to go to, you know, university and all of those things, nothing wrong with that. Uh, but for me, I was planning to go to university for fine arts and all of that. And the Lord called me out of it. That was my story. And what happened to me and he called me into the ministry and so I went to ministry school and while in ministry school it was actually mandatory to go out uh to do street evangelism every Friday night and I hated it it was so scary for me I was like you know I loved Jesus I loved the Lord but I I come from a background where I was super shy so very timid um I never thought I would be a preacher I never thought I would uh be any type of a spokesman and, you know, one-on-one interaction with strangers, you know, still to this day, isn't like, isn't my favorite thing, you know, because I'm very introverted. And, uh, through that time of stepping out and being in a sense required to do street evangelism, it really broke me out of my shell. And it showed me that it doesn't matter what personality type I am. Um, it doesn't matter if I'm reserved or outgoing. That's not that's not it. Some people, you know, who are extroverted and outgoing, um, you know, they may have a natural charisma and a natural personality that can click with people, but that doesn't mean that they have, you know, an anointing necessarily to win souls or to do the works of the kingdom. And so what I've found in those years is that really it's, it's the anointing that makes a difference. It's, it's the, the passion and the desire, the burden for the lost that really shifts things. And so, um, whenever I started to go out, I would be put in these terrifying situations where if God didn't come through, I was like in trouble, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but it was so good for me because it like delivered me from me and it caused me to like really put all of my eggs in the Lord's basket. You know, like I, it was kind of like an all or nothing thing where I finally tapped into the grace and not my own efforts when it came to evangelism. And so I have many testimonies from the early years of where I like feel like I broke through and started seeing results where people were getting saved and people were getting healed and I would get, you know, prophetic words or things like that. But beforehand, I spent like maybe two years just uh, really out there struggling. And, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of times where I was heavily rejected a lot of times where I was uh, really embarrassed and kind of like I wanted to, you know, hide and stuff. And, it, you know, we read in Romans chapter one, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God in the Christ Jesus. But I was like ashamed of the gospel sometimes. Wow. Like I yeah. was afraid. And I, I was like there were there were moments where I wasn't actually convinced that if I pray for this person, it'll work, you know. Yeah. And uh, so all that to say it is I, I went through some of the painful parts of it because God began to more and more grip my heart for the lost. And it got to a point where it's just not about me anymore. You know, like it's, it's not about my convenience or, you know, um, my own reputation or anything like that. And, and I made it to where it wasn't about me getting a testimony either, but I slowly began to, merge more into it. And I made a point at one, at one point in one season, I would go out almost every day. And, uh, 
I would just simply go out without an agenda on an adventure with the Lord. I was living in a downtown area at the time in some of the most beautiful and powerful moments with God and uh, we're just out on the streets doing that. And so um, I just say all that to say that I've kind of cultivated years of just doing it, finding out what works, finding out what doesn't work, finding out, you know, how it feels to release healing, how it feels to not feel the anointing, you know, when you don't feel anything, what do you do? And so these are all the things that many people um, go through when they start out. And, uh, you know, fast forwarding um, to now, you know, I've learned quite a few things. And I've just, I mean, I've experienced so much where it's like, uh, I don't know, it's like, there's always a learning moment. And we were in Olean, right? Yes. And yeah. uh, in upstate New York, a part of uh, Revival Harvest America. Yep. And, uh, you know, powerful event. And we were leading teams out into the uh, local community. And I remember I was on a team with you and Jamie and uh, and your kids as well. Yep. And we were out in this neighborhood and nothing was happening. I remember this. We were knocking on doors, getting rejected. Yeah. And uh, we even at one point, I think, went into like, I think it was an antique store and yeah. uh, nothing, <laughs> nothing really moved there. You know, we were yep. but we were still going for it. And I think an hour and a half went by and we were like, well, we only had two hours really to go out on the streets. And we were like, well, should we just go back? And I think it was you, actually. You you were like, well, let's just walk down this street. We haven't gone this way yet. Yeah. And, we, and you actually noticed these individuals outside, and they were uh, working on bicycles out yeah. of all things. <laughs> and uh, so we go up to them, and, you know, I've been kind of practicing this different approach where I will get my phone out, and uh, I'll just, you know, approach the people and I'll say, hey, guys, I, my name is Alex. I have a YouTube channel and um, I have a show where I talk about the supernatural and we demonstrate um, power and things like that, you know. And I would say, do you want to be on our show? And y you remember the one guy, he yeah. shot his hand straight up and he's like, I do. I'll be on your show. <laughs> and that's the response that I'd been getting whenever yeah. I ask people that because people want to be on TV. They want to be on a show. And yeah. You know, and uh, it kind of breaks the ice yep. and it's a little bit of an easier way to just like approach people other than, you know, hey, other than just going straight into it, you know. And so. So what happened is I remember we asked, uh, do any of you guys have any pain in your body or anything going on? And they were all kind of lying. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it was funny. You know, they were all <laughs> they were all kind of like being shy, They were, but they were lying. They were like, no, we're good. Nothing's going on. And. Yeah. And so I I've learned from uh, being out on the streets that people do kind of cover up things. They don't always want to open up, you know, and I get it. I, you know, I'm a stranger. But um, what I think I've people though, I think people want to see the miracles. They don't want to be a part of them. Yes, that's <laughs> you know true. I mean? <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Because they want to see it to believe it. That's right. You know, and so they think if they can see someone else get it, then they can believe it. Then maybe they'll be comfortable enough to ask you to pray for them. And, that's right. Um, but what I've, what I've learned though on the streets, and this is kind of a helpful tip is that, um, you know, if someone, uh, doesn't open up, what you can do is ask, well, can I just pray for you? Can I pray a blessing over you? And, uh, that's what we did. And so we ended up, um, praying a blessing 
over these three men who are outside. And whenever you begin to pray, you need to pay attention to any sort of impression or inclination from the Lord where he might be speaking. So all I did was I just began to pray a simple blessing. And I felt like the Lord was specifically speaking to me about the guy across from me with uh, this um, injury in his back. And I don't ever even usually go for like, oh, you have back pain, that kind of word of knowledge, because it can be so general sometimes where it's like everyone has back pain, right? I'm 40. And yes, I hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. So yeah, everyone has like general pains and things like that. But I felt specifically like this man has an injury in his back. And so I asked him about it. And he told us that he had uh, injured his lower back and part of his neck and everything. And so we start praying for him. And as we're praying for him, it was like the Lord began to uh, reveal the secrets of their hearts, you know, like there were things that God was revealing, like other pains and other conditions and uh, uh, people's bodies. And as we're praying, you remember this, Darren, something powerful happened where uh, the one individual, he begins to break down and cry. And he confessed to us that just an hour before coming, he was actually going to commit suicide. Wow and uh, kill himself. But his two friends knocked on his door because they needed their bikes repaired. And as they're out there getting ready to get their bikes repaired, uh, we walk up. And here we were just out on the streets and we're discouraged because we weren't talking to anyone. And it was like the Lord was ordering our steps the whole time, but we couldn't recognize it. You know, all of that time had passed by and we were going to give up. But then we were led right to him at the perfect time yes. to intercept the plan of the enemy where, you know, this man was going to kill himself. But because God sent us there, we were able to partner with heaven to break the spirit of suicide off of him. And, uh, man, God just touched their hearts. And and then, you know, it was like God began to speak to, you know, the other two. We, yes. I, got a, I got this really weird word all of a sudden about... <laughs> them having a business together and as a, as car, uh, like a car dealership. And it turns out that the one guy has, is like a third generation yes. mechanic, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh, so anyway, this video is on YouTube. We, you, I, was it you or Jamie who were filming it? Jamie was recording it for us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so we were able to document it and, you know, documenting those things they're they're simply just to show the glory of God, you know, yes. it's to demonstrate and kind of show people how like practical, the supernatural can be. And so I think like what the, the next wave of supernatural evangelism will actually be a wave of wisdom where we learn how to practically uh, present the gospel to people. Because like, I think there are a lot of anointed people who are gifted, but sometimes like we can, we can close the door um, based on how we approach people in the wording and some of the things that we do, you know, it's, that's, that's what I believe I've learned over the years. It wasn't that I got more and more anointed over the years. I feel like it was that I received more and more wisdom over the years on how to actually talk to people and, and work with people with where yes. they're at yeah, and how to discern situations and maybe different personalities. You know, uh, I feel like that's the next wave is a wave of wisdom with evangelism. Well, so. and you, you had mentioned earlier, and I think it's the key, man. And it's something that I've honestly, especially as of late, have really struggled with is so many people go out 
under the name of evangelism without love in their heart for people. Yeah. You know, and they want to see, they want to see signs and wonders and they want to see God's glory through what they do, but they really don't have compassion for people. And I've, you know, that's a, that's something that I've, I've had to struggle with and, um, you know, Lord, Lord, give me the compassion that you, that you were moved by. You know, yeah, because it's really pretty worthless if we're going out to evangelize the lost without love in our heart. You know, yeah, you're and, right. Yeah, and, and at that point, it, it just becomes a YouTube channel. You know, you're and right. It's, you're it's, absolutely and it, right. And it's not winning souls for the kingdom. Talk about that a little bit, because you you hit on that earlier that that was kind of the key for you when you decided to go out and you actually felt and had a burden for the people. How yeah. impo- how important is that in all of this? Man, it, it's crucial because, uh, I, and this is this again. This is another thing I write about. You know, it's a it's been a key revelation is compassion, uh, because compassion is something that's a lot different than sympathy or empathy for others. You know, and not that sympathy or empathy are bad things. Uh, I think we've just mistaken those with compassion because. Yes. Sympathy or empathy, you know, we can look at someone and we could be like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry for yep. you. i sorry you're going through that. But compassion uh, is what the Bible says Jesus was moved by. Moves you. And yeah. yeah, and so I say compassion is the vehicle for the miraculous. You know, yes, that's good. You, there's, a, there's a compassion that is actually imparted to you by the Spirit that will, that will move you to take action. And it'll move you to do things without compassion. You're just moving yourself and you're, you're dragging your feet to go win the lost. And you're, it's like your, your religious duty, or you're just trying to get another notch on your belt or another glory story. You know, Yes. it's yeah. like without compassion, you're kind of in bondage yeah. and you feel like you're indebted to the world. And in a sense, we are indebted to the world too give them an encounter with Jesus. But I'm going to tell you, you get compassion in your heart. It won't feel like you're indebted in the world. It'll feel like it'll, it'll feel like your passion yeah, and it'll good. feel like it actually hurts more not to do it. That's good. You yeah. know? And yeah. so that's, that's the thing is like when you get compassion in your heart, you know, you feel like, um, you have to do something and, uh, you'll feel, you'll feel more of a grace in the mix of that too. That's where the real power is as yeah. well. You know, like, um, Jesus, he approaches, or let's back up. Jesus in in John chapter eleven, he gets the report that Lazarus is sick to the point where he's about to die, and this is a a, a crucial thing. This is one of his friends. It's it's a huge need, but we see that Jesus wasn't moved by the need or the news of sickness. It actually said that Jesus remained there where he was for two days, and so he didn't flinch at the sound of, you know, possible death with his friend. But what he did was he remained there. And when he got to the scene, you know, Mary, she began to cry, Lord, if you had only been here, uh, you know, he wouldn't have died. And, and it said that Jesus was moved with compassion. Jesus wept. And when he was moved with compassion, he looked at that tomb and he spoke, Lazarus, come forth. And I believe that it was actually compassion that moved him to uh, release resurrection power into Lazarus's wow. tomb. Yeah. But think about it. If he showed up and he was only operating in sympathy or empathy, he would have mourned with those who mourned, which is holy. It's pure. Nothing wrong with that. 
but he probably would have just performed his funeral instead of performing his resurrection. That's good. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm getting like, as I've been studying this, I'm getting so many more connections too. And if I could just take one more second to hit on this compassion thing, um, we even read in the gospels in Matthew nine and 10, uh, that compassion is what came over Jesus when looking at the multitudes. Right. And he said, they're like sheep weary without a shepherd. Yes. And I want you to think about this. Jesus, it had said previously, was preaching, teaching, and healing those who are sick in the villages. And he's one man who's doing this day in and day out. He's moved by the compassion of the Lord to uh, minister to these people. But it gets to a point where he sees multitudes of people, and he feels this compassion. And it's like it dawned on him. I am overflowing with compassionate willingness for these people, but I'm only one man. Yes. I'm only one person. And so immediately right after it goes into Matthew 10 and it says that he addresses the 12 disciples and he says, I now give you authority to cast out devils and to cure those with diseases. And then he said, now pray to the Lord of the harvest because the harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few. So in other words, because of his compassion that he was overflowing with, he said, I'm going to take what's on me and I'm going to put it on all of you. Amen. And I'm going to send you into the world, not just to move in authority, but to move in compassion. Amen. That's so powerful, man. And well, and he didn't, he didn't give them a title of evangelist first, right? Right. He told them That's to right. go and create more of, of themselves you know, more yeah. of, of who Jesus Disciples. was. And I feel like that's what, when it comes to evangelism, it is so easy for us. You know, I'm, I'm glad we brought up YouTube. It's so easy for us to go on YouTube and almost get our little fix ourselves by watching Todd White go out on the street or watching Alex Parkinson or watching these quote unquote evangelists go out and do the good works that yeah. we're all called to be doing, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and And you had said something earlier too that, uh, you know, you can be, you can be an introvert or an extrovert, but I feel like where we're less God is more, right? Like in, yeah. in my weakness, he is strong. Yeah. And so for me, I think if we were able to just get a hold of that man, get a hold of that, like, this is my duty. Like we're called to go out and reach the lost, <laughs> you know, yeah. bottom line, we're just called to go out and reach the lost. Whether I'm an introvert, yes. extrovert, I don't need training. I don't need, yeah. you know, to get public speaking classes taken. I need to go out and I need to allow God to be greater despite, yeah. despite my weakness. You know, you're, you're absolutely and right. Good. You're, you're 100% correct because, uh, and I'll tell you again, once again, I'm, I'm one of the shyest people, yeah. at least I used to be. I'm yeah. more, I'm more social now, but, um, I, I used to be very, very terrified, very timid. And, uh, but w- what I've learned is that, Holy Spirit is the master evangelist. And I'll explain that Holy Spirit is the one who convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Right? John 16. And he is the one who opens man's heart to receive Jesus. In fact, I'll even say this, that the number one assignment of the Holy Spirit is to reveal the person of Jesus. How do I know this? Because Jesus said that 
the Holy Spirit will come, the helper will come, and he'll bring to remembrance the things that he said. He'll bear witness of me, he said. And so without the anointing or the empowerment of the Spirit on what we're doing, man, we're not going to do anything. We can persuade people. We can, you know, I'm not against tracks, but we can hand them tracks and we can yep. go through the script and we yep. can do all of those things. And I think God, you know, breathed on that maybe for a season and that worked in a, in a measure, but now it's time to increase the measure and it's time to ask God for a, a fresh anointing like the apostles had. I mean, I think there are Philips that are rising up. You know, Philip was Whoa. called an evangelist and in uh, Philip, he would go into cities and you know, preach and, and everyone would listen to his word and the multitudes would get healed and come to the Lord. And so, but I mean, we, we just need to recognize that Holy Spirit wants to, to speak through you and to do what you could never do. I mean, I even remember, uh, once where I was just hanging out one day in the downtown area and it was the area where I was, you know, laboring and I'd go out and do evangelism, but I wasn't necessarily going out to do that on this particular day. And I walked into an ice cream shop just because I wanted ice cream. Yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was something totally not <laughs> spiritual. Just, you know, get some oh, ice cream. That's, don't, don't underplay the spirituality of ice cream, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is anointed. It's blessed. It's the will of God. But, Amen. you know, so I... uh but I just walked in and, you know, it was one of those ice cream shops where everyone lines up on the uh, against like the glass window and you can look into the different flavors and stuff. And so I, I walk by the line to get in the back. And as I'm walking, I notice this woman with a sling on her shoulder uh, and she, you know, obviously damaged her shoulder or her arm or something. And I just I looked at her and I it was like I focused on her for a second and I knew in my heart that I wanted to pray for her. And, uh, but I went into the back of the line and I waited my turn and I thought, well, I'll ask her whenever she goes to sit down, you know, I'll, I'll approach her and her husband and ask. And so that's what I did. I go up to their table and, uh, I introduce myself and I just ask, you know, Hey, what's going on with your arm? And do you mind if I pray for it? And they begin to laugh at me. Yeah. And I thought, Oh, I'm getting rejected. And, but they said, when you walked by us, we felt the anointing. And we knew that you were going to ask to pray for my shoulder. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not used to hearing like everyday yeah. people use the word anointing. And it turns out they were believers, you know. And yeah. well, but that that but that was powerful because I wasn't doing anything, but they could sense the presence of Holy Spirit. Wow. And they knew that God had an encounter for them. Jesus so was making she, himself known. That's awesome. Yeah. Yes, yes. That's and good. so, but she was totally healed. She was able to move her shoulder with perfect mobility and she took the sling off. And I mean, but that's an example. I wasn't like really, it wasn't really like my words were necessary and there's a time to preach, you know, there's a time for words. There's a time to declare the word. But, uh, I think sometimes we really, um, we really stress things in our, in our minds. We think we overthink things and really it's, the anointing that destroys the yoke and removes the burden. It's the presence of Holy spirit that really makes a difference in all of our evangelistic efforts. Amen. So, amen. That's so good. Well, we're going to be winding this thing down. There's so much we could talk about. That's why podcasting is so beautiful because we can take snippets of testimonies and put them out for everybody to hear. But yeah. I wanted to 
Um, I, don't, I don't know if you're totally aware. I shared with you a little bit, I think. But when you come in May, uh, Tilly's going to be organizing some street outreach that you're going to be involved in with him. Um, okay. So we're planning on a, a Saturday morning going out and just blasting Dodge City, you and him. And um, Okay. I know he's pumped yeah. for it. I know you're excited about it. And uh, it's going to be really, really cool to hear the hear the testimonies come forth from that from yeah. that experience. So we're Amen. excited, bro. Man, I just want to bless. I want to honor you and, and Jordan. Mirror Image Ministries, it's a blessing. And I want to encourage everybody to go check them out online. What's the What's the website? Uh, it's mirrorimageintl.com. So Mirror Image International. Yeah, yep. INTL is for international, but mirrorimageintl.com. Cool. And then we're all over social media as well. So yeah. you can find us on there. That's awesome. And they can give online too, right? Yes, and, and that would really um, mean a lot as well. We, we are actually planning a trip to uh, Thailand this summer. And um, I hope it's okay that I just mentioned no, this go real for quick. It. That's why I opened it uh, up. Yeah. Just for anyone who would feel led. I mean, we're talking about souls and in the harvest here. And yep. we have an opportunity actually to go into uh, North Thailand this summer to an area that's 99% unreached. And uh, we'll be hosting a gospel crusade there for two or three nights. And so this is an area that's 99% Buddhist. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of them have never heard even the name of Jesus. It's one of those really uh, unreached areas in Asia. And so uh, be praying for us in that. All of you who are listening to us, be praying that we, you know, have much fruit from this. But we would, we would love it if you would consider sowing into that as well. That so would be good. really a blessing. That's so. awesome. Yeah, man, for sure. We love you guys. We're looking forward to having you guys back in town. And uh, yes, thank you for, thank you for joining me today, man. You're you're so welcome. I love you guys. Love you it's too. My honor. Awesome. <laughs> we'll be in touch soon. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Love you guys. Hey guys, thanks again for tuning in. That's all we have for this episode. I want to remind you guys to rate, review, subscribe, and share this podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Play, on Stitcher, and go uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel on YouTube at The Kingdom Bringer Podcast. Uh, We love you guys so much. Don't forget to also check out the other shows on the KB Podcast Network. That's the Two Brothers Podcast with Chris Hagen and Jason Getz and the Supernatural Living Podcast with Beth Packard. Both of those are available on most platforms. Check them out, subscribe, share those with your friends as well. Also on our Facebook page at KB Podcast, you can donate to this podcast if you're interested. We'd like to give and support what we're doing here. We would love that. So check it out. Push the donate button on Facebook. You can always send your questions and comments also to thekingdombringers at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We will get back to you as soon as we can. That's it. Hope you guys have an amazing week and be blessed.